0: Welcome everybody to Tatonic Takes. I'm your usual co-host, along with two of my other usual co-hosts now. Um, we're here, all three of us together, finally. We're finally taking on the Quake Teutonic to takes all together. So I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself. Everybody already probably already knows who they are, but we'll start off with you. We'll go with uh, Will first. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what's up, everybody? It's Will again. Uh, I'm just glad to be here with all three guys. It's time to get this one out there for all three of us.
0: And then now, Ivan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get better at this. Like we had a bit of a transition period as we were adding people to the podcast. And now that all three of us are here at once, we'll do better with our next intro. But yes, it's me, Ivan. Glad to be here. And you may not see this if you're listening to the audio-only podcast. But within our shirts we're wearing right now, I have Marvel Superheroes on mine. Fabi's wearing a Kristaps uh, New York Knicks jersey. And William is wearing a In-N-Out shirt. So hopefully, as the playoff push continues, the Quakes focus can be more than what our apparel shows. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to break down this game.
0: Yeah, well let's let's get straight into it. Before we get into the meat and potatoes, consider joining our Patreon uh for early and exclusive content and more bonuses. Again, this podcast is completely funded by all you guys on our Patreon. So we co- we greatly appreciate all your support and we're also um we're also part our- of the beautiful game network sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC, right? Yes. Okay, and then follow us at Tetonic Takes at Ivan Ornelis2, the only Quaker. And Will, what's your Twitter?
1: Uh, BP underscore Schneider. Uh, if you want to go ahead and
0: follow us. So, welcome to the Tectonic Takes podcast. We are sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. And we're really going to catch up on the opening kind of thoughts about this game. What do you guys think? I, we'll start with you, Ivan.
2: All right, so my opening thoughts on this game start on a positive note. Uh, Christian Espinoza's 21 assists, third most in club history through a player's first 50 games. And you have Eric Winalda with 29 and Cerritos with 22. So that's great company to be a part of that. Hopefully he can add to that tally. We know that he's young and he might get a chance to move to a different league at some point. But while we have him, I think he's proven to be uh, one of the best uh, acquisitions in the last few years.
0: Yeah. What about you, Will? What'd you think?
1: Uh, I'm just, to start it off, I'm completely mad about this result. Um, I'm -hmm. not going to, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Um, I do appreciate the Espinoza love because I'm a big fan. Um, But other than that, other than Espinoza doing his thing, I'm just, it's a a complete terrible, terrible situation. (laughs) The Quakes put themselves in. Yeah. Yeah, um, And go ahead.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think Nick Leva giving up that foul in, in a perfect range to kick a free kick is one of the biggest mistakes of the year. Um, it wasn't even a threatening position the guy was in. His back was towards goal. That was a really dumb foul to give up. That's my thoughts on it. Ivan, mean, what do you think? Right.
2: And not to mention that this the person who scored the free kick, uh, Ali Adnan, who I still consider the best left back in MLS he scored a not as good as this one he scored a pretty good goal against the San Jose Earthquakes in the MLS's back tournament so you knew what was coming if you were to give up a free kick that was always the danger and that's why you have to adjust and play differently when you're defending against a team that has a free kick taker that's that lethal
0: right and uh, this is this is the common quakes, right? We know these quakes. The same thing is happening as last year, as this year. We we this we were four zero. Like we, me and Will were talking in the last podcast. We were four zero against them this year. This was we were dominant against them, and we started to become dominant. I mean, we were winning one zero, and then in the second half, we just we let the cat you know drop out of the bag. You know, we just let them run the whole table on us and. They had the momentum with that goal. And then uh, we are really bad with goals being scored and getting back on track. And that was evident in this game as well.
1: Yeah, I, I just thought it was kind of a typical Quake fashion. We get a lead and we lose it. I mean, we've seen it time and time again with the Quakes. They've getting leads and they somehow just blow them, And it's terrible to see that. All right. Yeah. So the lineups for this game,
2: Vancouver Whitecaps, they started Evan Bush and Goal. Their back line was Jacob Nerwinski, Ranko Veselinovic, Eric Adoy, and Ali Adnan. Their midfield consisted of Tosant Ricketts, Johnny Obuchel, Len- Leonard Owusu, and Christian Dahomey. And their starting striking pair up top was Freddie Montero and Lucas Cavallini. And their substitutes used were Christian Gutierrez, Russell Tibert, Theo Baird, and Andy Rose. So this Looked like a bit more of a threatening team than the last time they played. Not too many changes, but uh, their attacking options are no joke. Freddie Montero, everyone in MLS knows who he is. Lucas Cavallini and Tusk St. Ricketts are both important players within the Canadian men's national team setup. And Ali Adnan, of course, is always a threat when he uh, goes. Uh, higher up the pitch. So
0: yeah, and we saw this wasn't going to be an easy game. Yeah, definitely not. And the Quakes lineup consisted of JT Marcinkowski, Nick Lima, Marco Lopez on, on the 72nd minute to come in for Nick Lima. Florian Jumberth, um was actually taken off on the 80th minute by Siad Haji. Osvaldo Alanis, Tommy Thompson taken off by Shea Salinas in the 71st minute. Yudson, Christian Espinoza while he was taken off by Kid in the 80th minute. Jackson Yolan, Andy Rios, and Carlos Fierro, of course, Juan Delowski. Normal lineup for us, not any big changes. Um, some people were actually very frustrated that all of our subs actually came out in the 70th, 70th minute. And this is a common theme with Amitius Almeida's tactics this year. Bringing on guys too late, in my opinion, what do you guys think of the lineups? Will, we'll start with you.
1: Um. Yeah. I first off. I mean, it's a typical quick lineup to start. Um. I just want to put out there since we're talking about the lineups. Uh, the two losses the Quakes have taken has been because East has been in over Beeson. Just a thought to put out there. Two mm-hmm. losses. Um. Is that for Alanis in instead of Beeson um but yeah I mean I was surprised that the we, we took a little bit to put some subs in I mean especially get, you know uh a must win game I thought maybe we'd try to press a little bit more and try to get more offense in there um but yeah I think it was definitely a little late and I was surprised to see Haji in I mean I really was um I mean I don't know we can get into it in a little bit about where it was Vako where it was Kashi where were these guys that came back I mean maybe they just weren't ready yet um but still it was just interesting to see Haji even get in at all. Yeah, yeah, I
0: definitely it, definitely think that Haji was a weird sub. Um, Ivan, what did you think of the lineups from the Quakes? Good lineup,
2: uh, but the substitution should have been utilized a bit differently. I think the eighth minute in particular is too late to bring on Kate Cowell, who has been right. one of our best players off the bench. You need to give him more time to make an impact on the game, especially if you're down 2-1. You can see you two goals in the space of six minutes, but, so you're – 2-1 down by the 57th minute. So you should not be waiting uh, 14 minutes when the earliest substitution for Chase Salinas was made to make your first substitution. It should be either immediately after that second goal or within five minutes, I think. If you're serious about getting something from that game, and especially at this point in the season, this is the fourth to last game of the Major League Soccer season, you have no wiggle room at this point the margin for error is so small
0: yeah and just to quickly go over the highlights the quakes got off to a good start they were they were kind of business as usual so against vancouver we were looking at a normal vancouver game um while we're taking possession they're kind of chasing the game doing our normal quake stuff espinoza missed a good chance at the 18th minute Uh, Espinoza made amends with a brilliant run, torching the Whitecaps and setting up Fierro for the opening goal. This was a great goal. I haven't seen a goal like this um, from the Quakes in a long time. This is something that looks like a very lethal team. This is something that you would see from Atlanta or even from a European side, right? This isn't your Dom Kinnear, go to the end line, cross it over, and maybe Wondolowski grabs a, a little small header into the back of the net. No, this isn't that. This was, a, this was a banger from Fierro. What are you guys' thoughts on the goal, on the first goal with an Espinoza assist? Let's start with Will.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, Espinoza is, uh, I said before, our, our Quakes team. Our offense goes through Espinoza. He's the one that creates everything. He has uh, eight assists on the air. I want the ten assists especially these next two games, as important as they are. Um, and, yeah, he set up Fierro nicely, and it was good that Fierro, we actually put it through. I mean, if he missed that, there would have been – we would be calling for his head. But, yeah, he definitely needed to get that goal, and it was Espinosa that did everything for him. Yeah, a few weeks ago I might
2: have said, well, thank goodness Andy Rios was not the end of that. But even now, maybe it was for the best that was Carlos Fierro. But, yeah, Fierro was in the right place at the right time. He had to make that run. and you capitalize on that space to get on the end of crosses like that. And Christian Espinoza did most of the work, I think. he made that blistering run on the right-hand side, and then he whipped that ball in with pace and accuracy. It was incredible to watch. And watching that goal, you, even though it's only 1-0, you start to think to yourself, okay, maybe the Quakes are going to see this one off. Like, we know Vancouver Whitecaps, they've been playing a lot better and they're right on our heels, but this looks like a game the Quakes can win. Dot, dot, dot.
0: Right. Yeah, this seemed like this seemed basically like the Quakes were on track to beat the Whitecaps for the third time this season, but the game was flipped on his head when Ali Adnad's free kick goal occurred, which was a goal of the week candidate. Again, we talked about this a little earlier. Nick Lima had a very, very bad mistake there. How are you going to give up that that crucial free kick to one of the better free kick taking teams in the league. Freddie Montero was looking for that the whole game. He was, he was actually kind of simulating and flopping a bit to try to get a free kick given to the team. So they, that was definitely their plan. They knew that they could beat this Quakes team by getting a free kick, changing the momentum because the Quakes were very, were very much in control of the game, but they were still only up one, zero. So they had a game plan. They executed. What do you guys think of that free kick goal from Ali Adnan? Let's start
1: with Will. Yeah, I mean, it was a devastating blow to the Quakes. It was a nice, solid kick. I was hoping that um, JT could have made the save, but uh, Adnan put a nice uh, foot to it. Um, And I think it really just devastated the Quakes. I mean, clearly it took – I mean, they scored soon after with another goal. So I think it really just took away any Quakes momentum that they had and took away their spirits.
2: Yeah. Yeah. the goal was nominated for goal of the week and I believe voting for that ends next week. Uh, I don't know if goal of the week candidate is scored against you. Do you want to vote for whatever else might win instead? Or do you want (laughs) to vote for it to justify? Okay. Well in our defense's defense, that was a goal of the week. (laughs) But uh, Yeah. It sucks that Nick Lima gave away the, uh, foul so cheaply and it's one of those things where you got focus at this point of season even if you don't get booked for it that any foul in that area could be costly and especially it's not just the Vancouver Whitecaps of course at least half of the teams in MLS I would say have somebody on their roster that can put the ball in a dangerous area from that position because this is a very top heavy league And you got to be careful that if you're giving up free kick goals to the Vancouver Whitecaps and you have LAFC and Seattle Sounders left on your schedule, they're licking their lips.
0: Right. Yeah. And I saw, I saw this goal happen. And to myself, I thought, you know what? I might be done with the Nick Lima experiment. Um, I, I don't know. I thought Marcos, I've never seen Marcos Lopez give up a dumb foul like that. And I got really mad because then I thought, all of the momentum that we had in the first half, all the momentum that we had with this 1-0 start and a great goal just went down the drain. And the next goal is kind of evident of that. Uh, Saint Ricketts' goal from the free kick conceded by Nick Lima, again, was a big contribution from a veteran player. He's 33 years old with 61 caps and 17 goals for Canada. Um, he's played for fin- in Finland, Romania, Norway, Turkey, Israel, Lithuania. He's, he's somewhat of a journeyman, right? Um. Uh-huh. While White Whitecaps fans are clamoring for the next Alfonso Davies or Huang In Biom <laughs> to save the team, Bum. B- Bum, he's the player to save yeah. the team. He, um, he's a player you can't help but root for unless he's playing against your team. So Saint Ricketts, I've seen play for Toronto. FC as well, right? So he's he's mm-hmm. definitely a journeyman, and he always has an impact. He's kind of these guys shouldn't be scoring on us. Um, but. Again, a corner kick given up by Nick Lima. We've been really bad on corners and set pieces this year. This game is just evident of it. Will, Ivan, what do you guys think of this second goal from the Whitecaps? We'll start with Will. Yeah, I
1: mean, it just... It, it's just tough to see. I mean, it's a goal that shouldn't have happened. Um, I mean, I'm just – I just want to really – really want to rip into the Quakes, but I'm trying to, like, refrain myself. I'm trying to calm down a little bit um, because it, this is a game that we needed to win, and it's been a problem for the Quakes. Um, so, I know I'm not getting too, into depth about the goal. I'll let Ivan do that part, but I just need, you know, the Quakes fans need to know that this has been a recurring thing, that we are, we don't finish games. We're not getting the wins that we need, and it's been like that since the last – Last season as well.
2: Yeah, that was a good effort with uh, the uh, Korean name there. Since <laughs> I've been following the World Series and been watching the exploits of the acrobatic G-Man Choi, like I have a bit more practice with the Korean names right now. <laughs> but anyway, to St. Ricketts, he's it's not a scrub. Like I know it sucks to concede a goal against a player that's he's not a superstar right now. But at the same time, that is a very veteran poacher type of goal the types that we see and praise Chris Wondolowski for scoring sometimes. Right. And what bugged me most about that goal, however, was, yeah, he did well to find himself in that space. similar to Carlos Figuero in this same game, but Tommy Thompson, he was right next to him and he was nowhere near him. It was, that was bad from Tommy Thompson. And it's one of the reasons why when you have your full complement of full backs, you stick with Marcos Lopez on the left and, Maybe less high on Nick Lima on the right, but still he's your best right back when you have everyone right. available. And Tommy Thompson is either on the bench or he's playing in center midfield. It's unfortunate, but for all the good things Tommy Thompson brings to the table, he is responsible for a few of these goals this season, and or at least providing these opportunities from being burnt from opposing attackers.
0: Yeah, I – This is hard because Nick Lima and Tommy Thompson, these are staples of this team. And it's hard to see the writing on the wall. I bet if you're any other fan from any other league that you're covering the San Jose Earthquakes team, you would right away think, gosh, we need to change these fullbacks right now because we are constantly getting beat this year by our fullback play. Remember that galaxy game where Tommy Thompson was just burned every single play by Pavon; that we lost that game. And then there was other games where our, I mean, I guess it's top heavy league, right? So there's going to be attacking players that are always better than our defenders, but it just seems like from the outside, looking in our defense is where our faults lie. Um, The next, the next uh, game note that we have here, the result gives the white caps a potentially crucial and fatal tiebreaker against the San Jose earthquakes in the standings total wins. Hopefully Montero's uh, Freddie Montero's injury isn't too severe. It appears it was minor. So, a little bit of sportsmanship from us. We don't want to see Freddie Montero to be, you know, too injured from what happened during this game. He's a great player. We love him in the league. Um, Yeah, especially this
2: season in 2020 where the injuries have been rampant across all leagues in soccer and across all sports in general. It's just, like, I'm over it. Like, I know injuries are part of sports, but it's been happening a bit too frequently Partially due to the decision to try to start and finish these league seasons that were interrupted. And unfortunately, there's not much that can be done as long as they persist to keep playing. And, you know, you always want to win against the best teams possible, too. You don't want right. to have that lingering over your head oh, we won, but this guy got injured who's very important to their team as well. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And good luck. So- the Whitecaps are going through what the Quakes went through in, in a few games ago, um, a massive resurgence to potentially change their failure of a season into excess of sorts. Um, it's sad to hear this because we were just there two weeks ago. And then you guys, you guys had a podcast together and I had a podcast with Will and maybe it's not having all three of us is bad luck, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yep. who knows? I mean, gosh, this is a roller coaster of a season just like last year, I mean, this is Fisher must be looking at this, thinking if we maybe just filled, just filled our third DP spot, not even crazily bought a player, just filled it or brought it in a transfer. Maybe we wouldn't be in this position. Maybe we would have a playoff spot already in our hands, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. again, this comes down to we are Quakes fans, right? And we should expect this already. Um, to go on next, the stats. Um, the stats show that this was a massive blown opportunity for the quakes even more so since because the, everybody's so close in the league table now that th- it's this is going to hurt you um this looking at it right now it's, it's hurting all three of us so i'm going to oh, yeah. go ahead and just quickly go through them shots 10 for um the white caps 4 to 2 on target favor of the white caps possession was 62% from the quakes Passing accuracy, 89% Quakes, 81% Whitecaps. Chances created by the Quakes, advantage 1-0. Even on corners, six each, Whitecaps had 19 fouls. The Quakes had seven. So we just gave up big fouls, right? I mean, that's a lot. That's definitely a big difference. No offsides for either team. Two yellow cards for the Whitecaps, one for the Quakes. And we're going to go ahead and do this um, one stud and one dud of this game. We're going to wrap it up a little bit. So we're going to start with Ivan. What was your one stud and your one dud?
2: Yeah. So my stud was easily Christian Espinoza. I give credit to Carlos Fierro for putting him back in the net, but I think uh, Christian espinoza he created that opportunity. He ran past the defenders, blitzed them, and the cross was perfect. And, He adds to his impressive assist total for the San Jose Earthquakes. As for my dud, uh, it was tough because Nick Lima was technically at fault for both of those goals. But it's one thing to concede a foul and to concede a corner that may or may not lead to goals. In this case, they did. Tommy Thompson, he guaranteed that the second goal would happen by not marking St. Ricketts.
1: Yeah.
0: Will, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean the easily easy stud. I will agree with uh, Ivan is Christian Espinoza. Uh, I mean he created that whole goal. He is our offense. Um, and my dud, uh, I'm going to go with is Matias Almeida. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, bad. I bad starts with the subs. I mean that's the first thing I'm going to get out of that. I mean after that scene with Tommy Thompson didn't I? Marco uh, should have came in probably soon right after that. Um, I didn't like the Haji sub at all. I would rather see like Paul Murray uh, get in, especially since he's subbing uh, flow in. Um, and I just think this is a game that Matias needed to have a good game plan for, and it was a must win. And he didn't execute. Um, I mean, I so I'm calling for Matias on this one because this is like we need wins, and we haven't seen the Quakes done that yet on a must-win game. We have not seen Quakes do that, so I'm going for Matias for the done that.
0: Yeah. So oh. my my stud this um, this game was Utsin. Um The reason why I'm not giving it to Christian Espinoza is because I thought he was a little. I, I'm starting to think that he's a little bit selfish on the counters. Um, he had a wide open Wondolowski back post on. I think two occasions this game and he kind of went for the shot on the counter. So I'm starting to see Espinosa being a little more selfish than when he shouldn't be. Um, And that's weird, right? Through 50 games, he's third all time assist leader for the Quakes. So imagine if he just sees Wondolowski more, how many more assists he could have. Um, And my dud is the same as Will, right? It's going to be Matias Almeida. You can't, you can't expect to win a game with giving your guys, your subs, the guys who should be impact players, less than 20 minutes. I mean, they need to come on right away. Once that second goal comes in, bring in Kade Cal. You need to stretch that back line. You need some sort of, you know, edge in, in your offensive side. Um, you need to bring in Vaco. You have a DP player. Why aren't you bringing this guy in? What happened? Where's Vaco? Um, This is like finding private Vaco, right? Where is he? We need goals. And Mm -hmm. he wasn't there. So that's my take on it. Any closing thoughts on this game, Can you find him?
2: Tom Hanks, please find Vaco for us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I just – I'm confused because Marcos Lopez is able to make an appearance off the bench, but not Vaco or Akashia. All three of them were missing on international duty, although maybe Lopez came back sooner – from Peru in comable than Vaco and Kashia did from Georgia in UEFA. So that's gotta be my only theory that for why this is possible, but it's, it was just an odd situation.
1: Yeah, maybe who knows what the whole rules are with COVID and all this kind of stuff oh, coming back true. all the way from a different country. Who knows if there was anything due to that or just maybe, I don't know, time difference. They just weren't ready. You know, they just didn't. Who knows? Who knows what it was? But I mean, I'll be very surprised if we don't see Marcos Lopez starting over Tommy Thompson and Vaco in as well. I'll be yeah. very surprised.
0: My, my whole thing is, even if Vaco is jet lagged, I would take a jet lagged Vaco over Siad Haji in a must win game any single day. So we're right. never going to find out. Yeah. We're never going to find out what the reasoning was. And I, again, I think Matias earns this dud soul heartedly. I mean that you can't, you can't be a winning CONCACAF Champions League coach and make, mistakes like that in my opinion
2: yeah on a night where in baseball kevin cash lost the world series for the tampa bay rays uh Matias almeida he seems to either win or lose games sometimes for the sounds Jose earthquakes as much as the players themselves do so that's something to look out for within this Matias almeida experience but we're gonna hope that he learns from this and with a few more days with real salt lake coming up we see Vaco in some capacity.
0: Yeah. So a little bit of quakes news to go. Um, After, after all that, we have some big quakes news. So this might be the start of silly season. Um, Our second transfer rumor. The first was Kate to Barca um, of the silly season. Fiero (laughs) going back to Chivas due to being homesick for a straight swap of JJ Macias. So, The Chief of Specialists on this podcast, Ivan Ornelis, what do you think of this player? Yeah, honestly, I'm just thrilled
2: because before this and before the Kate Cowell rumor, the only other transfer link was Magnus Eriksson going back to Sweden. So I was a little worried that our only transfer target was going to come from like the New Zealand Second Division or something. But (laughs) thankfully, we're playing with the big boys a bit where we're messing with, or not messing with, we're dealing with one of the most successful sides in Liga MX history. And, of course, one that's very near and dear to Matias Almeida. We've already had a couple players, Osvaldo east and Carlos Fierro, come from those Chivas links. And Carlos Fierro could be making a return to Chivas. Back in Chivas, Carlos Fierro, when he was very young, he was tipped, he was essentially... Irving Lozano before Irving Lozano. Everyone thought that he was going to amount to something great. If he panned out the way he was supposed to, he would be playing in the Champions League this week instead of playing for San Jose Earthquakes. But right now, we have an opportunity, it seems like, to give Chivas Carlos Fierro. And in exchange, we get J.J. Macias, which is a big deal, I think. He's 21 years old, and he's been playing well for Chivas. I think he's that would striker. be a – He's a striker, so he would be a young, long-term so- potential solution for uh, Chris Wondolowski.
0: Yeah, in the dialogue with uh, Marca, the young Mexican player affirmed that it is always nice to return to where he was once one was happy. So I I look a little bit more into this quote due to the fact that a lot of players say, oh, they would love to go back to where they started. But in this quote, it's saying that he was happy back at Chivas and that might mean that he's not happy now. So that's a little bit of what that's alluding to. Um, So for all you guys that don't know JJ Macias, um, he is currently valued at $10 million on transfer mark. He's played for Chivas and Leon currently has five goals and 15 appearances in Liga MX this year. And he has a rating of 75 on FIFA. So if all you guys play FIFA out there, as well as a potential of 84 in FIFA. So big big news. Yeah. Um, this is huge. Will, do you have any insights on this or do you have any takes on this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know too much about the player, but the first thing that comes to mind is you said striker, right? right. I mean, uh, that's, that's huge. He's the fact that the quakes might get a striker uh, to fill in possibly for Wanda or just to uh, get more goals from you know attacking player uh, it's right. just huge huge news to the Quakes fan and hopefully this goes through like you said he's a young player he's 21 years of age um, five goals in just 15 appearances so far this season for Chivas. I mean kid could score um, so hopefully we can get him and he can transfer it over to for the Quakes and it'll be it would just be exciting news you know for the Quakes to actually get something done like this.
2: Yeah, and in Liga Mequis and since I've been insisting on calling it Liga mequis, I should technically call JJ uh, Jota 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 <laughs> kind of like how he, 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 Hector Herrera is Ache not H H. So my bad, all our Liga Mexis and fans and Mexicans and Latin Latinx people in that listen to this podcast. Anyway, uh, in Liga Mequis. Yeah. They play two seasons, the Apertura and the Clausura. Each of them are seventeen or eighteen. I'm pretty sure seventeen games yeah. long. So a return of five goals is not inconsequential. It does make a bit difference. It's almost a goal every three games, which is not the best, but it's it's productive. So, I'll definitely take that, especially in Ligarmeckis, which I think is a better defensive league than MLS, especially since virtually all of the DP signings MLS makes are yeah. for attacking players.
0: So. so, I mean, if Osvaldo Alanis wasn't starting for Chivas, and he, I would say, is one of our better starters, if not our best defensive back, um, it, it, it speaks. You don't think so? You don't think so?
1: I don't know. I'm just going at him because he's uh, <laughs> like because of, oh, we lost both times he's been there in and We were winning games. Okay, so you know I'm it, not saying Beeson's a- a- better Hater
0: in our podcast.
1: Uh, I'm just <laughs> hating that we lost. That's all. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to blame somebody. But no, I mean yeah. Alanis is probably one of our better players. But he better prove it uh, come Real Salt Lake, or he should be out.
0: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Will's hot take. All right. Will's tectonic take right there. All right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm just hot right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think personally I think this is the start of silly season, right? Uh I I believe the, the rumor for Kate to Barca more. I think this year <laughs> I I think this rumor here has some standing, but I think if you're Chivas, Post. why don't you ask to straight swap with Galaxy for Chicharito, right? So mm-hmm. I think the value is just a little too far off here. I don't think Fierro is worth close to $10 million. Um, So, again, if if Javier Hernandez is available or Carlos Fierro, and then I can straight swap it with J.J. Macias or Jota Jota Macias, I'm not taking Carlos Fierro no matter what. I'm taking Javier Hernandez. He sells more jerseys. He's not having a good season at the Galaxy. Um, And he's a Chivas legend. Exactly. He he
2: may not be playing well now, but he's – his career blew up because of his play at Chivas. He doesn't move to Manchester United in 2010 if he doesn't kill it in Liga MX with Chivas. So,
0: right. And I think if you're the galaxy, you might even get more out of Chivas than just this one player for Javier Hernandez. And there has to be talks. I mean, there's no way there's not talks. I mean, the, the galaxy are sitting at the last, I think the, yeah, the worst team in the the Western conference. Right. So <laughs> they probably want to offload Javier Hernandez as quick as possible. Um, I think, yeah, this, what do you guys think? Do you think this is going to happen? Let's start with Will.
1: Um, knowing the quakes and how things go, probably not, <laughs> but yeah. we uh, quakes every quakes fan, and we should be all optimistic thinking, yes, this is going to happen. And we're going to have all the things we want come to this team. But uh, <laughs> realistically, no, like you said, uh, it's probably not going to happen.
2: Ivan. Yeah, so since MLS is in many ways a single entity league in the way it operates its transfer business, I assume that any club outside of MLS that is working with an MLS club is working with multiple MLS clubs trying to see what their best deal may be. Right. And I think if the Quakes were to pull this transfer off, it might be their biggest fleece in San Jose Earthquakes history. Yeah, it would be a Obviously, fantasy football is a much smaller scale than soccer transfers, but <laughs> it, this week in my fantasy leagues, I had someone trade Odell Beckham Jr. and Kenyon Drake, who had their, some of their best games of the season, and Kenyon Drake flopped, he got hurt, and OBJ got hurt. So that was a bit of a fleece there. <laughs> this yeah. would be a very similar <laughs> fleece if we were to give Carlos Fierro, who He's having a good spell, but he's not saying the world of light either eh, to Chivas. And we get one of their best, if not their best prospect in return, which it it doesn't make sense for me why Chivas would do it. But, and as a Chivas and as Earthquakes fan, it would be a very weird feeling, but for the sake of (laughs) this podcast, I would be very happy with it, of course. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I think it's
0: interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are fantasy football fans, this is like getting Derrick Henry for Miles Gaskin, right? This is this is mm-hmm. going to be a fleece if it happens. And if what if Jesse Fiorinelli pulls this off? Are we thinking, wow, like this GM is the best GM of the world? He would save his job, I think. Okay. If it's in any realm of possibility
2: in trouble, which I don't think so because San Jose Earthquakes is very lenient with its ownership compared to almost any other team I can imagine, then – this would definitely secure his job for maybe five more years, at least Wow! on this alone. that That's how big of a coup this would be mm-hmm. unless Jota, Jota Macias would completely craps the bed.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah, definitely. If the GM gets this done, he probably going to stay. I mean, we have, a, I feel like we don't really see much of the GMs getting moved around when it comes to the quakes. We just see the coaches get moved around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see if this can get done. I mean, obviously, what you guys are talking about, it's very, very unlikely. And the player we're getting compared to what we're giving up is, you know, big difference. But uh, you never know. us might just uh, – something might be wrong with him. You know? <laughs> they, they don't like his attitude or something. It could be yeah, something silly. You know, maybe Carlos – they have
0: pictures of Carlos Fierro in the in their boardroom, you know. Maybe they miss him that much, right? Maybe <laughs> the one that got away from them, you know. Who knows? Um, but moving on. Uh, We might have lost Ivan for a bit, um, but we're going to have our fan questions now. The way it's going to work, since we have three of us, I'm going to go ahead and say the question, and then I'm going to have Will and Ivan answer the questions. Um, And if I have something to say, I'll go ahead and say it. But we're going to start with Will, and then we're going to go to you, Ivan. Um, So the first one is Nestor from Twitter. When Wando's statue gets built, what kid should be used for the model?
1: That should be kit. With um, that should be kit, right? Sorry. Kit,
0: right? No, I was, I was like, what, kid? <laughs> <laughs> um, what kit should be used for the model? I say the 2012 kit, but I'm curious to what you guys think. Let's start with Will.
1: Um, You know, I can't really think of a kit that I would really want. Um, uh, I'll definitely let Ivan uh, take his, his big take on it. But, I mean, I just would want to see more of the question, not the kit, but, like, the pose. What kind of Wando are we getting? Like, what kind of pose for Wando Are we getting him jumping up with a fist up for a goal? I mean, what, uh, that's what I'm more curious about. What what he's going to be doing is as the statue more than the kit itself. I, I think
0: it would be one where he's um, he's like screaming, right? Just oh, yeah, screaming. like a double
1: fisted scream. Yeah,
0: I think yeah. I think he would get one of those. Ivan, what kit do you think you'd want to see?
2: An honorable mention would be that shirt he wore when he was suspended and he was with the fans and put a beer in either hand. Um, But um, in terms (laughs) of an actual jersey, though, I I think 2012's home jersey would suit it well. That was the most successful uh, season for him him as a player and for the team collectively because they want to support his field. Wondo hasn't won anything else with the Quakes, so that would be something that fans will treasure for a long time.
0: You know, thinking about when he did that, right? He went to the, the supporter section and cheered on his team. I don't think any other player that's that big to a club has ever done that. So that's, that's a pretty Zero. legendary moment uh maybe right. maybe uh, uh, a um, uh, a rossi right no not rossi um tutti from roma maybe he did that too Oh but, yeah. but this is this is a very legendary thing and i wish i really wish the quakes pushed it more that their all time great is went to do that but i i'm actually going to chime in on this one i'm going to i want to see the goal that he re- uh, broke the record in i mean the the kit that he broke oh, the record in yeah, i think against that chicago fire yeah i think that kit would be okay as well um Maybe just because I like that kick better, but no. (laughs) I mean, but that's a very good moment too. Yeah. The one
2: I suggested and the one Nestor suggested, it was a combined personal achievement and a team achievement. Right. But, you know, it's a statue of one person. So it is a good consideration for his greatest personal achievement to go down the record books as the all-time MLS lean goal scorer. And it will take some breaking, especially at the rate that, players moving in and out of MLS these days at the right. top end of the spectrum.
0: Yeah. It's got to be careful for, um, for Kai Kamara and uh, well, Bradley Wright Phillips. All right. Let's uh, yeah. Let's hope they uh, play for Nashville instead of Atlanta and LAFC. Right.
2: And no, hey, Nashville, they're doing all right. We'll get into them when we go to the playoffs, but <laughs> yeah. don't sleep on Nashville.
0: All right. So the next question comes from Mike Cleman from Twitter. Do we give credit to Matias for returning to returning lima to his starting rb role or does he deserve criticism criticism for doing that, that excuse my language that shit experiment in the first place so um let's start with
1: will um i i i mean it's kind of hard to set to give him so much credit after we just uh, after favi talked about how bad lima was doing Yeah. Uh, I mean, I maybe, was it a good experience? I mean, yeah. So let's just put it out there. Lima should be playing right back. Okay. We're not going to, let's not try to put him somewhere else where he shouldn't be playing. All right. He should be playing right back. And so I, I don't know about the the giving him so much criticism. I just think we've had so much issues with our back line or at least with the right back and left back situation to begin with. So, I mean, we'll just leave it as it was an experiment but just leave him back at the right back. I think we got Marco Lopez back now, so hopefully we don't have to, you know, have any more experiments in the back line. Okay.
2: Yeah. I think you can give managers the benefit of the doubt earlier in the season when there's a lot more moving pieces, even if the squad hasn't changed too much in the offseason, but we're at the business end, and I think the time for experiments does wane a lot more believe Mike is referring to the tendencies much earlier in the season, of course, when Marcos Lopez was unavailable due to injury, but I think for him to make that mistake so often, it does hurt, but at the same time, when Marcos Lopez was out, I can't really think of anyone else who has played regularly other than maybe Shea Salinas at left back that would have made more sense. So, it's definitely somewhere in the middle. I don't credit Matias Almeida for playing Nick Lima in the position he should and almost anyone else in his position would. But at the same time, that left-back situation was a combination partially of necessity due to the Marcos Lopez injury.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do a quick take on this one. Um, no, we should give uh, Mike, Michael Star a credit for for bringing him on the first team right and Mm -hmm. bringing him in so we should not give yeah and any credit to matias almeida on nick lima at right back good point um Mm -hmm. next question john j from twitter word on the street is that aaron johanneson is interested in playing in mls that is word on the street for like the last four years (laughs) Uh, (laughs) bobby wood was linked to the mls earlier this year how would these u.s internationals fit in the quakes He also wants to know our thoughts on whether Bobby Wood or Aaron and Johansson type of UMST player can improve the squad on a potential trade deal to send Carlos to Chivas, which would Mm -hmm. bring the 21 year old rising star striker, like we said, JJ Macias. Um, Yeah. So we covered the
2: Macias part already and we're all in agreement that if that offer is on the table, we're taking it any day that ends in Y. So, yeah, no question. As for the Aaron Johansson and Bobby Wood situation, I view those players who, let's face it, they're not really on the USMNT radar anymore these days, especially with the emergence of Timothy Weah, Josh Sargent, and maybe if we pry them away from Canada and Nigeria, Ayo Akinola. But as for the San Jose Earthquakes perspective – When you look at their current striking options, you can't say that Johansson or Bobby Wood would be a downgrade from perhaps Danny Huson or Andy Rios. They could contribute at MLS level, as they have done in various European leagues. So I could see it as a possibility. It's not signing going and be like, oh, my God, Bobby Wood is the San Jose Earthquakes player. But it's like, (laughs) okay, this is a decent move.
1: Yeah. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, why would not we want these guys on our team? Um, I think they're proven national team players. Yeah, obviously not much lately, but they've been there. So they've played on bigger stages. Um, so playing an MLS for them shouldn't be a big issue if they came to the Quakes. So we, we should all love it because, like you said, we've had uh, interesting issues with our striking situations. Um, so I would be all for it. But would it happen? I'm going to go with probably no, no chance.
0: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of these teams know that they're U.S. national team players or they used to be, and they're, they'll probably try to have a high asking price. And I think this is the problem why they haven't been in MLS. Their their current teams probably want a lot more than what MLS teams are willing to pay for them. And like Ivan said, they're not really on the radar anymore. They're a little older. Johanneson's had two really big injuries. Um, they wouldn't hurt, right? But I think the price that they will charge will hurt us. So. Um, on to the next question. George Martinez from Facebook. I like how you brought up Vaco and Kashi's position may have been won by other players, especially Fierro. Like that goal he scored is something I haven't really seen from a quake in a long time. If they have chosen, uh, if they have to choose between Vaco and Fierro, do you cut Vaco if he's too expensive?
1: Hmm. Start with Will. Interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I know it. We'll let Ivan take this first take. Go okay. ahead, Ivan. Go. Yeah,
2: I I think it might be Jorge Martinez if it is, hopefully, one of the Oh, George. Guys, I right? said no. George. <laughs> it's yeah, a, but it's, anyway. the it's Jota Jota,
0: okay? It's not JJ. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: anyway, um, so Vaco is definitely some – an interesting player where he's been very good at times and he's been very bewildering at times, not necessarily bad, but confusing in his approach in how he likes to dribble himself into submission sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, if we've been saying like you want the more proven player, you don't, you want to sell high, then I think over, in a, overall in the body of work, you'd be leaning towards keeping Vaco. But at the same time, this ownership seems content with just the two DPs. So if you want to upgrade that DP slot, which you certainly can with Vaco, with all due respect, then you could keep the cheaper option, Piero, and that would make sense too. So hmm, I guess I would probably... In the hope that this ownership would look for a replacement, I would keep Uh, Hero, but only in that situation, which is a big if, of course.
0: Right. What about that Magnus Ericsson fill in? Do we get that yet? (laughs) So. Hey,
2: um, I think uh, Kevin, no. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Partita's uh, open. I mean we can no, good, right? I mean he had a great yeah, sell season. Ke- Kevin Partita could be the replacement we need, but I was thinking Eric Cavillo has been doing well with those increased minutes too. So
0: but yeah. Shout out uh, we have happen. a Kevin Partita interview if you want to check that out. <laughs> and <laughs> Eric Cavillo one. Um but yeah, yeah. well, what do you think? Should should they cut Vaco if
1: he's too expensive? Well, I mean I just I would feel like this would be a Matias Almeida call. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like where we would have to think in in the mind of where Matias would think, is Fiero the guy that he wants on his team more than Vacco Or does he think Vacco is actually you know, I mean we've seen Vacco play very well last season and he's done so he's flashed a little bit this season, but not much as we want. Um, but I I guess if he is too expensive, uh with Quakes and their money, who knows, man, they probably will cut Vaco if he's too expensive
0: I think if we uh if we do fleece the Chivas team uh and we get JJ or Hota Hota I think we should keep Vaco maybe he wants to stay on a cheaper deal Um, but we need some firepower and maybe an actual striker with Vaco helps him out a bit um Gilberto from Discord asks why don't uh why didn't Marco Lopez start we'll start with you Ivan I think
2: We did touch upon this a bit earlier. I think that they're easing in the international players into the squad because they did play a few games over the weekend. Uh, The Georgians played a bit more than Marcos Lopez. And I think with the whole COVID situation, I think they got to be very careful and they have to provide as much quarantine time as possible, which is really tricky with MLS's very tight schedule or any league's schedule, really. Um but it's I think that's the only reason I think if there were no international break right now and it was just MLS um, and Marcos Lopez didn't have to have an absence then he would have you would start any game that he's
0: healthy what do you think Will
1: yeah I mean I we obviously don't have a clear reason why I didn't start obviously like Ivan said we did touch on it earlier but I will be calling for Matias Almeida's head if uh, Marcos Lopez does not start the next game. I don't care if uh, he's tired or whatever it is. He better have a good reason if he doesn't have, if he doesn't start. So yeah.
0: a little tidbit here. Uh, Matias Almeida usually keeps the same lineup if they win or if he they have a positive result. So it might have been that he just didn't want to change the lineup at all um, just mm-hmm. because he wants to play the hot hand. But yeah, like Will said, we need Marcos Lopez or else this is this is a very bad situation where we might be looking for Matias Almeida's head. All right. And the last question, guys, this is going to be a one word answer only Dan Burkhead asks, will the Quakes make the playoffs? Let's start with Ivan.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> <That's good. laughs>
2: um...
0: and, I'll, and I'll say, yeah, I'll say that. Possibly no. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. All right. So latest MLS standings as of ten I'll twenty-seven. Go um, we're yeah. gonna. I'm just gonna kind of go. With I'll read through That's okay. Wait. What's up, Ivan? I'll, I'll just read through them real quick. <laughs> yeah, if
2: that's sounds okay. good. All right. So in the Eastern Conference, uh, the top five have all clinched the playoffs: Philadelphia Union, Toronto FC, Columbus Crew, Orlando City, and recently today, in New York City with the. Nashville win over Montreal. So that leaves in the remaining playoff spots still up for grabs. Sixth place, New England. Seventh, Nashville. Eighth, New York Red Bulls. Ninth, Montreal Impact. And tenth, Inter-Miami. And then below the playoff line, Chicago Fire is just below Inter-Miami on goal difference. Atlanta United is two points away in 12th. D.C. United is three points away, and in the bottom is SC Cincinnati, five points away. I think we can start to write off SC Cincinnati and D.C. United, but everyone else is in the mix for me. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to take the lead on this one. I think um, <laughs> it sucks that they get 10, 10 teams in the playoffs, and we only get eight, so... Um, they have well, 14 teams though And we yeah, only but, have 12 But they're trash, right? They're not like the Western Conference No, I'm kidding. i mean,
2: <laughs> No, but look at it uh, they, have, they have five teams With 30 or more points The Western That's Conference true. only has three So it is a little bit, bit tricky to read Which conference is better because also with the schedule a lot of teams have played each other three or four maybe even five times and maybe they've only played some teams once or twice so it is really tough to know
0: yeah um i think they're they're right i mean if you're atlanta united at 819 points in 12th place and you can still make the playoffs wow that's crazy
2: Mm -hmm. and it only gets crazier in the western conference uh will do you
1: have any thoughts on the east um i'm just glad to see inter miami every time i've been doing these and we talk about this conference uh, i just love to see that uh, miami is in there because we want to see these iguain guys man that's what we want
0: we're going to miami
2: (laughs) inter miami have gotten some
1: international
2: attention i follow a lot of eurocentric youtube channels people from ireland and england and uh well maybe a couple of them and they have mentioned Inter-Miami a lot more than they do other MLS teams because they've gotten Gonzalo Iguain and Blaise Matuidi. Blaise Matuidi is only two years removed from winning the World Cup with France, and Gonzalo Iguain has been a very consistent striker in a top-five European league for most of his careers. And they're still – like, they're a bit older, but they're not over the hill. So those are very good signings for Inter-Miami. And they're one to look out for if they do make the playoffs. They'll be a trap game for whoever they draw.
0: Yeah, you know, I kind of I'm out here in Japan now and looking at the mm-hmm. J League a bit. Um, I think if we brought in like a guy like Iniesta to MLS, I still think he could do something, right? He's not too far mm-hmm. removed. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, if he wants to come live in Japan, he probably likes it out here. But if, if an MLS team can pay you know Iguain money to him, he probably might come. So that's yeah,
2: just a nice- Iniesta. I think he's a player where like. He has this technical ability that doesn't go away when you go right. grow, grow older. So, with in the right MLS system, which emphasizes passing and has some physical players around him, like yeah. in Montreal, for example, if you have the bruising Victor Wanyama covering for him, then you're solid. So right. that would be interesting. So for the Western Conference. We have Seattle Sounders up top with 35 points. They clinched playoffs today with victory over Vancouver. Everyone else is still on the line. Second place. Yeah. Second place sporting Kansas city followed by Portland Timbers, LAFC, Minnesota United in fifth FC Dallas in sixth Vancouver Whitecaps with that winning over San Jose earthquakes. They're up in seventh with 24 points. They have that tiebreaker over the quakes who are in eighth also in 24 points in Under the playoff line, Ralph Salt Lake is at 22 points in ninth. This is why the next game is so effing important. They're right on our tails. 10th place Houston Dynamo 21. And then followed by the Enigma that is Colorado Rapids. i not played in a while with 19 points and LA Galaxy at the bottom.
0: (laughs) So what do you think? What what happens with Colorado? I I don't think MLS has even said what's going to happen. Right. And, Will kind of said in the last uh, episode that they might just not play. So we might get really, really, really lucky or really unlucky if Colorado does play or they don't play their games. Um as a
2: points-by-game basis, then we might be screwed because yeah. Colorado Rapids, they played very well in the games that they did play. But if they decide, you know what, you missed too many games, sorry, not sorry try again in 2021, then that's a huge break. That would be like in the EFL championship, Uh, Wigan, they had a decent season. They beat Hull City 8-0, but they had a points deduction. So they got relegated. And Barnsley, who are low-key trash for championship standards, they survived. So it would be a similar break to that if that were to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Will, what do you think? Well, the big news is that Colorado played three days ago. And they yeah. lost, so they did play. Um, oh, lo- right. It looks like they are gonna play. Um, so which is good and bad. Um, but looking at their schedule, I did a quick look. They got tough games. You know, they got Seattle and uh some other tough top top playoff teams. So, you know, it looks like they're gonna play. Um, they're playing tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. As of right now, uh, so I think they got all their COVID stuff out of the way. Um, so we'll see. Uh, so they are going to play the remainder of their games. Um, I think they got four, four more, five more. So, uh, but, they it, the games.
0: but they're still below, I think they're still behind about, I think six, seven
1: games. Right. So what happened
0: to those games that didn't get played? Right. I don't think they're going to get rescheduled at this
2: point. There's not enough time left in the season because there's not a huge gap between the regular season playoffs I think the regular season also ends before the next international break,
0: and yeah, it's just going to be a logistical nightmare wow. either way. So, so, so it is looking like they're not going to make up their games. So that's actually better for the Quakes then.
2: I guess so. If they don't make up their games, then they have less points available to them throughout the season, so you know, as much as it would be a break for us, Colorado Rapids fans would probably feel screwed. But it,
1: yeah, you know, and they someone's going to get too.
2: someone's going to get screwed either way, unfortunately. And right. You know, in any sort of competition, better them than us, unfortunately. But we do recognize how good the Colorado Rapids team are. They demolished us when they played us in Commerce City. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, provided that they keep their core together and maybe add a few more players, they're definitely making the playoffs next year.
0: Yeah, so... Next
1: one. I just want to put one more thought since we're on the topic real quick. Uh, So it looks like they have four games remaining. uh, At least that's what it says on the schedule on uh, the MLS app here. And the ones they got left are um, playing uh, Minnesota, playing uh, Seattle, playing the Timbers and playing the Dynamo. So if those Mm -hmm. four games are at least the last ones that they're playing, at least we can say they're playing some tough competition there.
2: Right. And, uh, I read this article where MLSsoccer.com's Greg Seltzer, he talked about four teams that most needed to win their next game in order to make the playoffs. He chose Atlanta United, D.C. United, Houston Dynamo, and Real Salt Lake. So looking at these standings, the only they're all teams below the playoff line. So I'm, think, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that that was his line of thinking. But at the same time, how are you going to mention Real Salt Lake when they're only two points out of the San Jose Earthquakes and they just lost to the Vancouver Whitecaps? I think Real Salt Lake and San Jose Earthquakes are both equally in the same position, even though they're in different sides of the playoff, non-playoff line. So I think Quakes need to win this next game just as much as Salt Lake does.
0: And I think um, this is our first time playing Real Salt Correct me if I'm wrong. We all saw it like since MLS is back, right? Yes. Yeah. So this is gonna be a weird game, right? These teams do not know each other since the tournament. So we might see a 4-1 victory to the Quakes. We might see a 4-1 victory to the to RSL, right? So this is gonna be a huge game. Um the Quakes need our love, so let's make sure that we are still vocal and that we still love them. Um so predictions on the Quakes hosting Real Salt Lake. We'll start with Will. What's the outcome
1: you think is going to happen? Um, I'm going to go with a uh, two to one. I like I said, I don't feel like we we haven't seen these um, guys, but we need a two to one victory. Um, I'm going to go with uh, going to get Andy Rios back on the score sheet again, and uh, we're going to see hopefully Wando as well on there. Yeah, I'm going to go acero I think. <laughs> they're
2: going to have to have a team meeting. They're going to have to work hard in training or have done, hopefully, in between these two games. Uh, they're going to be so focused. Their season's on the line, and they do have a psychological edge. There's only one game played between them, and Quakes won 5-2, to two and MLS is back. That was a, one of the biggest ones of the season. And they're gonna if they win this game, this will be bigger than that game, regardless of the score line. I think Chris Wanolowski will end his mini goal drought, and I think Christian Espinoza, the provider, becomes the provided. He gets a goal as well, and I think that they'll have enough to contain an interesting Real Salt Lake attack. They have some decent players like Albert Rusnak and yeah. Demir Kreilak, but. I think that they'll have enough to contain them at home, and they have to. They're going to think in the back of their mind, three points, because LAFC is up next at home. You go to CenturyLink Field after that against the Sounders. You do not want to be begging for points against those teams. You need all three points, or you're at the mercy of the rest of the league.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, This is a must-win game. Again, LAFC, we have beat them for the first time in all of our outings against them the last time we played, but let's not – you know, that's kind of that might be that might have been a fluke. Let's not beg to differ that we need another mi- miracle. Um, Matias Almeida better come on firing all cylinders just because if the Quakes don't make the playoffs, heads are gonna start to to, to come off, right? So hopefully this, this might be Matias Almeida's hot seat time if they don't make the playoffs again. I'm predicting three to one win, Quakes. Um, I'm thinking Andy Rios gets on the score sheet Fiero and then Wandalaski does as well. Um, and then so that wraps it up for us guys. Um, we're gonna try yeah. to make our episodes a little quicker now since we have all three of us and since we can really kind of get to the meat and potatoes right away, um, if right. you guys want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Tatonic takes at Ivan Ornelis 2 and BP Schneider on Twitter, and myself, the only Quaker, on Twitter. But please, first and foremost, check out our Patreon. We want to be able to grow this community, and we want to be able to grow our podcast for all Quakes viewers and listeners. Um, We encourage you to be active on Quakes social media, such as Facebook group, Reddit, and Discord as well. Um, But please check out our Patreon the link will be provided below.
2: Yeah. The Facebook group specifically is the San Jose discussion group that we're in. That's the main one if you want to look that up. Yeah. And uh, just quickly, I want to thank again our sponsor, Roughneck Scarfs, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And also, tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Oh, yeah, I know yeah, yeah. you take your. <laughs> I know you take your jersey seriously with that clean Knicks Porzingis jersey. But been boring. <laughs> yeah, so are you looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? I know Will is.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Icarus SC can help cre- you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you, you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. So when do we there get a Ticktonic want-
0: Takes one? Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Let's, Maybe we'll get. We gotta get a jersey. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think so. We'll have to discuss some ideas. Maybe if any of you listen to this have an idea for a Tectonic ticks Jersey, we'll be sure to post some pictures on it because we know most of you listen to the podcast audio only version of this uh, episode send us your ideas. We'd love to try them out and maybe we will take up Icarus FC on their (laughs) offer.
0: (laughs) Um, So really quickly guys, and if you see our post, please show us some love. Um, Sometimes when I post to the Facebook group of the San Jose (laughs) Earthquakes discussion, I feel like we are being annoying and that people don't want to listen to us kind of push our podcast just because we want to make a bigger community so please show us love make us let us know that you guys like hearing us and like seeing our posts um at times it gets a little bleak when um the san jose earthquake discussion you know i feel like sometimes they they don't want to hear us so let us know that you like our podcast we love hearing all the love and even if you have something that can make us better please we would love to hear your input and yeah, and I enjoy mm-hmm.
2: interact oh sorry. No, no, go Last ahead, go thing. ahead, Ivan.
0: You enjoy interacting. And I
2: enjoy yeah, I enjoy interacting with all of you guys on Twitter particularly. I know that's where a lot of our listeners come from, but from all over the place, just it especially during this pandemic that is still ongoing, seemingly never-ending. Really? Started like seven months ago, but it nah, feels like seven years sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and having you guys to talk to my co-hosts and as well as everyone else who listens it really makes a big big difference for how I go about my day every day. So thank you guys so much.
0: Yeah. And uh, Will, do you have anything to say? Anything to the viewers or the listeners? Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, I'm new. So hopefully (laughs) you guys aren't aren't annoyed uh, with me, uh, you know, to this point. Because you're stuck with me? Uh, Too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, no, I mean, I'm just grateful to be with the Start in this community. I'll definitely start uh, getting into more of an effort to really start showing more love and trying to get more interaction with the fans. But, yeah, please uh, hit me up. I'm always open to talk about the Quakes, and I'm just excited to finish off this season and for more seasons to come.
0: Yeah, so right. when when the stands open up, I know Santa Clara lightened up their their sanctions. Will actually might be our representative going to the games for us. So let Will know if you have anything, you know, you want to tell him or if you want him to look out for anything. It might be coming up in the future that will is going to be our media representative due to the fact that I'm in Japan and Ivan's in San Diego. Um, so will is in the Bay area at our home base. Um, so just a heads up and that wraps it up for us guys. Um, thank you for listening. We're going to make these more often and uh, look out for a schedule upcoming. We have Marvel wind coming on. We have Ted Ramey coming on as well as Jamin Moore coming on. Um, and we possibly might, Finally, gets the fan questions on Quincy Ameriquois. So, again, take a look out or check out our upcoming episodes. And I want to say, go Quakes Go Quakes
1: Go Quakes. Go, Quakes. go Quakes.